It's time for your Low Country Real Estate Market Update. It's the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show. Brian is one of the top 1% real estate agents in Charleston. Find him online at listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. Or call him at 843-400-8009. Now, broadcasting from the WTMA studios, here's your host, Brian Beatty. Good morning, Charleston, and welcome to another edition of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show here on The Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. I'm your host, Brian Beatty. Thanks for joining me. Gosh, almost a decade we've been on this program, uh, helping you better understand the real estate market. What in the world's going on out there? What's what's up? What's down? What's sideways? Trying to help you guys make some sense out of the direction of the market. So I share my experiences with you as somebody that's been selling real estate here locally for 17 years have done you know over 1,200 transactions, about a billion dollars worth of real estate volume. So I help you understand uh, what I'm experiencing with the clients that I represent, that my team represents, and then I help you better understand the process. So we're going to talk about a few different things today, both market-specific and then process-specific. Um, and I'm kind of going to bounce around a little bit. I, I want to talk about, of course, what's going on in the real estate market, how those stats that uh, come out toward the beginning of every month are really helping us better understand the shape and direction of the market. I'll share some of that with you. I want to talk about something that really I think is hurting our market right now, which is the lack of first-time home buyers that are purchasing property. And I'll tell you why that's so important here in uh, just a little while. I want to talk about um, changes in the industry. I mean, not really changes so much in the industry because it's stayed the same, but we're going to talk about work ethic. We're going to talk about what agents are actually doing And because the market is now different than it has been for the past several years, it's going to require, for some people, a new set of skills. It's going to require more diligence. There are a lot of real estate agents that just don't like doing all that much work. (laughs) Let's be honest. So I want to talk about, um, you know, if you're going to hire an agent, what is it that you really should expect from working with that agent? What is it that they should be doing for you? They need to be going above and beyond. How can you interview an agent to ensure that you're making the right decision? And then how can you hold that agent accountable once you've hired them? That's a mistake I think a lot of folks make. They hire an agent and then they just deal with poor service, poor communication, poor marketing, poor results. Because it's easier to just stay with the agent, maybe because you like them or they're a family friend or whatever, rather than hiring the best person for the job. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. I want to talk about some real estate scams, and we're going to talk about some investment properties. So obviously a lot of ground to cover. Now, if you're thinking of buying or selling a home, we have a bunch of different incentives that might apply to you and your specific situation, whether it's you know a commission as low as 2.4%, or it is a, you know, you buy and sell a home with us, we'll pay your moving expenses, uh, if you need to sell your home within one year of ownership and you've purchased the home through our team, we'll sell it for free. There's a bunch of different you know, incentives that we offer depending upon your situation. So I invite you to go to our website, listingsincharleston.com, and you know, kind of snoop around, get a feel for who we are as a team, what we do, what we sell, how we sell it. Uh, gosh, you've got access to literally hundreds, I want to say over 700 or so videos now on YouTube of us basically filming this radio show so you can put a face to the name and search by topic that's of interest to you. Or if you'd like to just give me a call, my number is 843-800-0065. That's 843-800-0065. That number comes to me directly. 
You can call or text it. Or lastly, if you prefer email, Brian, that's Brian with an I, the right way. <laughs> Brian at Brian Beatty team.com. Beatty is spelled B-E-A-T-T-Y. So Brian at Brian Beatty team.com. So uh, let's talk first about the market. And I'm just, you know, I'm going to just read off a few stats here and, and just give you some commentary as we go and, and just help you guys better understand what's going on right now. Now, we all know that the market is softening. The question that we're getting from a lot of folks right now is what do we think is going to happen next year? There are a lot of people that frankly still want to do something real estate related. They're just lacking the incentive or the motivation or the urgency. And that's okay. You don't have to be in a position where, hey, I've got to buy something right now or I've got to sell something right now. It's I'd like to make a move if it makes sense, if I found the right property, if I could get enough money for my house, if the process was seamless, fill in the blank. But as this market continues to turn, we're going to see a very interesting year next year in real estate, not just here locally, but regionally and nationally. There are a lot of moving parts to this. So let's just start with kind of where we are now and how that compared to, let's say, this time last year. And so the first thing we, we, we tend to look at is the number of homes for sale. Now, inventory has gone up almost 50% from this time last year. We're currently sitting at the end of November at about uh, 3150, right? That's the total number of properties for sale, residential properties in our MLS. If I go down to like February, it was at 1400. January was at 1500. And it's always lowest in January. And part of the reason for that is a lot of real estate agents write their listing agreements good through the end of the year, right? Properties expire from the market on December 31st. And so like clockwork, we normally see somewhere around 15 or so percent of the total inventory just kind of disappear overnight. And then those properties, most of them eventually come back on the market in the coming months, January, February, March, April. But just because they're not on the market anymore doesn't mean they can't still be purchased. So one way that we've found a lot of success for our clients in those quote-unquote slow months in the beginning of the year is by just being proactive, reaching out to those folks and say, hey, I've got a buyer that was interested in your property. I know it's no longer on the market. Would you still entertain a sale? What does that look like? And then, of course, we have to take into account the fact that it was on the market at a certain price. Obviously, it didn't sell. There's a reason for that. Now, it could be that they were just asking too much money. It could be, I mean, it could be a variety of things. But we want to exhaust our resources when we're working with buyers to find them properties to purchase. So that's just one little sliver of the additional inventory that we seek out and find for our buyer clients, something that's going to be really important for you coming up this year. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but new listings, uh, you know, we've seen a nice uh, kind of bell curve emerge. We had 3,400 properties for sale in October, and now we're at 3,159. There's just, you know, we're, we're absorbing some of the inventory, but we're just not putting a lot of it on the market. In fact, if I look at the number of new listings we've had, you know, if I look in May, as an example, this year, we had 2,600 properties that hit the, hit the market that month. Last month, we had 1,457. So new listings and the pace at which we're putting new listings on the market is down about 15% compared to this time last year. 
Now, pending sales are the properties that go under contract. They're getting ready to close. Pending sales are a good indication of current demand. Pending sales are down 28% compared to this time last year. We've seen a fairly sharp decrease uh, over the past several months. Part of that is just due to the seasonality of the market, and that in and of itself is fairly normal. But in November last year, we had a little over 1,700 properties we put under contract. Last month, we had 1,240. So pending sales are down 28%. And when I look at closings, closings are down 32%. You know, in November of last year, we had 18, a little over 1,800 properties that sold. Now we're at a little over 1,200. So we're starting to see some pretty big changes in the number of transactions that are occurring. Um, you know, again, inventory or homes for sale is up 50%. If demand was consistent with that inventory, then you'd, you'd be seeing more transactions. So what is that doing to things like days on market? Well, the median days on market, uh, market wide right now is 12 days. Now, <laughs> when we talk about percentages, we, we have to be realistic with, with what we're act with, with how we absorb this information, right? So if I were to say that median days on market is up 140% from this time last year, that sounds like a very big number. Well, it's taking 12 days instead of five days. So properties are still selling and they're still selling somewhat quickly. I mean, 12 as a, as a median is actually a very low number. Uh, before COVID, just so you know, the median was about three weeks. But here's what's interesting. Here's what's happening with negotiability. Since the beginning of the year, we have sold property for 100% of the asking price. I mean, if you look at the graph, it is a straight line, 100%. Then in September, it dipped down to 99%, October 98%, and now November, we're at 97.7%. Negotiability has been going down for the past several years, meaning properties are selling for closer to the asking price, if not above the asking price. Now we're coming back down and we're almost at pre-COVID levels for negotiability. So it's just saying that, you know, look, we're, we're returning toward a normal market. When we look at showings, because we have, you know, anytime somebody requests a showing on a property we have for sale, an agent does that online. And, and I'm going to talk about this in a little bit greater detail as one of the issues that sellers typically experience. And that is people going to look at their house that are just not qualified to buy it or, or buy it right now. But when we look at showings, it's a really good indicator of demand. And we also like to compare the number of showings we're receiving on our listing to the number of average showings that someone else in that price range in that market should be getting, right? It's just a good indicator of, hey, are we priced correctly? Are we positioned correctly? If demand is lower than... Uh, others are getting, well, that's something we need to have a discussion about. Or maybe we're getting showings that are consistent with the number of showings we should be getting in that price range. Maybe they're, they're even than more than, than what we should be getting, but we're not getting any offers. Well, it might just be that it's a really pretty house. It's marketed well. Clearly, the marketing is doing its job of getting people through the door. But for whatever reason, when they walk through it, there's something preventing them from making an offer or something else just has something else that they want. You, you can't control everything, right? There are going to be plenty of people that don't like the floor plan or the neighborhood or just factors that are outside of your control. But we can use the number of showings that we're receiving on your property 
in comparison to the average house in your location and price range to give us a pretty decent indicator of whether we're positioned correctly or not. Showings on listings market right right now are down 37%. It's, I think, again, a very good indicator of demand. So on average, properties are getting 4.6 showings per month. If we compare that to February, as an example, we were getting 11. If we compare it to November of last year, we were getting seven showings per listing. So clearly there's less demand out there, and we understand why. It's because of interest rates and ultimately affordability. We've had prices that have gone through the roof over the past several years. I mean, if you look at January of 2019, the median sales price in Charleston was $266,000. It peaked in May of this year at $425,000. So on the year, we're still up 9.6%. It's currently at $400,000 as the median sales price. Um, It's coming down a little bit as negotiability for listings increases, as they're taking a little longer to sell, Um, As more options become available for buyers, and we all know that when there are more options, when there's more supply, it typically means that prices fall. So the reality is all of these price gains that we're going to see if if we're comparing this year, year to date, compared to last year, year to date, same time, the first half of the year, we still had good appreciation. I mean, from January of this year to May was almost a 20% increase. And in January, it was $360,000. And then in May, it was $425,000, $65,000 in appreciation. So what we're seeing right now, as it relates to kind of this, this slowdown in demand and fear that the market's going to go down even more next year, which frankly, I agree with, I think that is going to happen. We're seeing a lot of folks that are just kind of sitting on the fence right now. They're watching and waiting and hoping for some some opportunity. I'm here to tell you that there's opportunity in this market right now because we're we're getting deals for buyers like we haven't been able to for the past several years. There's still a way to position a listing as well, by the way, that gets you top dollar, but just sticking a sign in the yard and then, you know, letting a caravan of people go through your house because of the overwhelming amount of demand is just not reality right now. So yeah, we have to go back to, you know, working with agents that really understand how to market and how to position a property that provide you with a true consultative approach uh, rather than it be just, you know, this this will be an easy sale. You know, throw a sign in the yard. There are going to be a ton of agents that want to come and see it with their buyers and we'll just pick the best offer because I'm sure there's going to be several of them. That scenario is just not, again, it's just not reality right now. So we have to be really careful, I think, as as sellers in this market with who we give our business to. It needs to be earned, uh, and there needs to be accountability with that real estate agent to do what they say they were going to do. And so we're going to talk about that when we come back, but just wanted to give you guys an overall idea of what's happening in the market right now. Again, if you ever have any questions about your specific area, your home, buying in a location, Maybe you're just an opportunistic buyer that's out there looking for some deals right now. You're an investor. We come across, we're, we're coming across more and more deals uh, as this market softens. We usually work with a very large amount of investors. I myself am an, an, an investor. 
which is also why we have a property management company, by the way. It just makes sense for us to offer a turnkey solution to somebody that wants to go and purchase an investment property and then align themselves with a property management company that is as interested in preserving their cash flow as the investor. And that's how we've built our property management company. You know, we don't nickel and dime people. We don't have all these extra added on fees that eat away at your return on investment. We're very streamlined and we're very experienced. So if that's something you'd like to learn more about, or you just, you want to get an update on what's going on in your area, you're thinking of buying, selling, however we can help. My number is 843-800-0065. That's 843-800-0065. Or check us out online at listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. Stick around, folks, for more of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show right here on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. Have a real estate question? Ask Brian Beatty. Send him an email, lowcountryhomesales at gmail.com. The Brian Beatty Real Estate Show is on 1250 WTMA. 1250 WTMA, the Big Talker. Expert news and views on the low country real estate scene. The Brian Beatty Real Estate Show on 1250 WTMA. Welcome back, folks, to the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show here on The Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. If you're just joining us, we were just talking about the state of the local real estate market, and we bounced around a little bit there, but we talked about some some overall stats. If at any point in time, by the way, you you, you kind of catch the show late we play this show Saturday at 9, Sunday at 10, and then you can always watch these videos on YouTube. My wonderful assistant, Tori, puts together uh, some great YouTube content from the radio show. I think we've got like over 700 videos on, on YouTube. So you can do that or listen to us on you know Spotify, Google Play, uh, iTunes uh, as a podcast if you want to download it and listen to it later. Um so we're we're in a bunch of different spots. If uh, if you catch the show uh, mid show, if there's a topic that you'd like to really lean in on or maybe listen to again. Now, if you want some more specific information on uh, your specific situation, you're thinking of buying a home, investing in real estate, selling your home, maybe becoming an agent, or you have a property that you'd like for us to manage for you, then feel free to give me a call. My number is eight four three eight hundred zero zero six five eight four three eight hundred zero zero six five or go to listingsincharleston.com, listingsincharleston.com. And lastly, you can just send me an email if you'd prefer to skip all that, brian at brianbeattyteam.com. So uh, consistent with kind of what we were talking about last segment, I want to talk about an issue that I think is, I don't know if it's going to help us or hurt us next year, because I think we can all agree that the, the market is shifting downward it's 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 been shifting that way for a while i would say instead of shifting it's it's shifted right that ball has already been set in motion the question now is well how how bad's it going to get how low are prices going to go will sales fall will inventory spike will there be all this distressed real estate like short sales and foreclosures like there was post 2008 a lot of questions, a lot of valid questions, and depending upon, I guess, which article you read or video you watch um, or news station you tune into, they're going to give you slightly different versions of, of course, what they think is going to happen. But I, uh, the overwhelming majority is that prices are going to go down next year. Again, if we're comparing that to 
the first half of this year when the market was so red hot that people really weren't making uh, collective decisions logically. It was, uh, or, or business decisions logically. It was, and, and real estate's always fueled by emotion, right? It's an emotional business to be in. We're dealing with uh, something that's, frankly, a lot more than just numbers on a piece of paper, right? Um, anybody that ever offers you a stress-free transaction, has they just haven't sold enough real estate to, to understand how challenging this process is on, on us emotionally, even if things are going really, really well. You know, we're still dealing with leaving a home that, you know, you have a bunch of memories with your family in and not every reason to move is a good, happy reason. So... Next year's uh, a bit of a question mark, but one issue that is glaringly obvious is the fact that first-time home buyers are not purchasing property at an alarming rate. The National Association of Realtors puts out a profile of home buyers and sellers that provides us in the industry with a bunch of statistics to help better understand key trends within the market. One of those stats talks about first-time home buyers, and first-time home buyers are a very important part of the real estate cycle and the real estate market in general, because they are typically the people that purchased first-time home sellers' property to allow them to move up into bigger, better, more expensive homes. Usually, I mean, pre-COVID, it was somewhere between 40 and 50% of transactions were first-time home buyers. This year, only about 25% of all transactions were from first-time home buyers. It's literally the lowest it has been in the 41 years they've been conducting their survey and producing their reports. The last year, it was at 34%. So we've been, we went from a third to a quarter when it should be somewhere like half Now, obviously, the reason for that is because of the affordability crisis that they've been experiencing. Wages aren't increasing quickly enough. Rent is going through the roof. Interest rates have spiked and properties are just more expensive. So they're having to save more in an environment where everything costs more, not just housing related, but when they go to the grocery store, when they fill up their car, all of it. And it makes it very challenging to save money. We also know that a lot of first-time home buyers... Let's be honest, they're not the greatest at managing their money. They like to spend it. So it prevents them from getting into home ownership and building wealth sooner rather than later. But, you know, everybody's in control of their own lives and they get to do what they want to do. Uh, I bought a a, a property when I was uh, just out of college. I mean, that was when I bought my first property because I understood the importance of home ownership and building wealth through real estate. That being said... It was a it was a different environment then than it is now. So, because first time home buyers are so few and far between, again, it's uh, taking away from the buyers that would be purchasers for first time home sellers, which then affects the move up, like the second tier market, which of course affects the market above that. You've got either the you know the the trickle-down effect or the trickle-up effect, I suppose. If you start from the bottom, if you start from the first-time home buyer and it doesn't fuel purchases down the line as properties get more expensive, 
then you've got an issue. Now, in the first home, first time home buyer kind of segment of our market, the entry level price ranges, we still have a significant amount of demand, even in comparison to like a, a normal market pre COVID. There's still a lot of people that want to buy that those properties, and they're selling quickly still. Now, quickly is a relative term, um, but if you've got a you know a three hundred thousand dollar house in Somerville, then I mean that thing should be sold in a week or two at the most 30 days. But again, pricing plays a big part in how quickly your home sells. And uh, that strategy should be a function of what you want to accomplish with the sale of your property. Not everybody needs to sell their home in two days. Some people are perfectly fine waiting a month if it means getting the price that they want or need in order to make sense out of moving. And so that's why it always, to me, is a little silly for agents to boast about um, average days on market because how quickly I can sell something doesn't necessarily impact the masses. I mean, our, our stats are, are great. They're better than industry averages, but I don't care. All I care about is what your goal is and how I can help you accomplish it, right? It, there is no one size fits all approach to selling real estate, by the way. But anyways, back to first time home buyers. Obviously the challenge here is affordability. If this market continues to wane, if demand continues to go down, my concern is that because of what we were talking about last week, this this thing called the lock-in effect, and the lock-in effect is very simply, you've got all these folks that are locked in to two to three-ish percent interest rates on their mortgage. And they're not incentivized to go out and buy something a little nicer, a little bigger, a little better, or better location, and more than double their payment. It's just, for a lot of people, it's not in the cards. In fact, when we look at affordability and we talk about how important that word is and that issue or topic is to the market overall, there's really two different categories of affordability. Affordability for people that currently own their home that are locked into a 2 or 3% interest rate, they've got great affordability. Because the payment's so low. But then you have all the other people out there that want to buy a home or build a home. Housing starts. Affordability is not good. It's not good at all. I mean, could it get worse? Of course it could. I mean, sure, we could see double-digit interest rates. I don't think we will. I think we're far, far, far from that. But, of course, the the argument needed to be made that it could get worse. Um, I just don't think it will on, a, on an interest rate perspective. So because we don't have first-time homebuyers fueling kind of the rest of the market, if inventory does not increase substantially, then the impact on value will be less. I'll say that again. If inventory stays right around where it is, our, our inventory levels currently are low. They are low in comparison to a normal balanced market, which means that because of the inventory we have and the and the few amount of choices that exist, buyers don't have the ability to leverage that and say, hey, here's my offer. If you don't like it, then there's three other people on your street that have a home for sale. I'll just go to one of them, right? They don't have the upper hand yet because there's just not a lot of inventory on the market. So if we don't see a spike in inventory, I think prices will remain fairly stable. One thing that really fuels a decrease in pricing 
is investor-fueled purchases of distressed real estate. The reality is we collectively, as a nation, have a boatload, which is a technical term, of equity. People are sitting pretty. They've got plenty of room for this market to fall before they're even close to thinking about having to sell their property at a break-even price. So we are not in a position like we were in 2008 where basically everybody you talk to owes more on their home than it's actually worth. On top of that, we've got lending standards that have actually gotten tighter since COVID began and are completely different than what it would have looked like to purchase a property pre-crash of 2008 where you could just tell a bank how much you made, stated income, stated asset loads, right? No doc loans, remember those? Such a good idea, by the way, right? No. Um, Our lending standards have stayed tight. It's not easy by any stretch of the imagination to get a mortgage, even if you make great money and have a great credit score. I mean, there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through. I, I, you know, I I tell folks and I kind of joke with some of my lender friends that are in the business that, you know, people feel like someone walked into their house and like threw all their underwear on the floor and like rummaged through it. I mean, it's just, it takes a lot of work to get a mortgage. They've done that to overcompensate for the folks that were able to get a mortgage so easily that between predatory lenders and agents that are asleep at the wheel, just trying to get deals done, you know, whatever the case might be, wherever you want to assign the blame, could have just been the system overall. We're we're not in that position now. We're not, in my opinion, going to have anywhere near the amount of distressed inventory that was fueling price decreases like we had the crash of 2008. So different set of circumstances but even then, first-time home buyers were making more purchases than they are now. And so it's something to watch. It's it's an alarming stat. Um, and again, the first-time home buyer purchaser purchases the first-time home seller's house so they can buy something bigger and more expensive. But if they've locked into a 2 to 3% mortgage and they don't want to sell it, then things aren't going to get that much better, I think, for, for either party. Prices will still come down a little bit. But on the other hand, if inventory spikes, if we've got a bunch of people that are now like, you know what, I'm either going to sell this property because I want to get all the equity I can out of it and, you know, maybe downsize, simplify, or, you know, hey, the market's treated me really well during COVID. I'm going to go and I'm going to transition into something else because I can afford it and I'm comfortable in doing that. So if inventory spikes, then uh, what we could see is we could see an even harder hit on value. Value is going down even more. And there's a bunch of different models out there if you want to do your own research on what's going to happen in the market next year. Next uh, next week, maybe the week after, I'll do my uh, What I Think is Going to Happen uh, show, which I know a lot of folks that have been listening to me over the past several years uh, look forward to because I offer you some projections based on what I think is going to happen to the Charleston market. It's really tough for you as somebody that maybe just listens to the show occasionally and then reads some articles online to take what's being reported on a national level and then boil it down to what that's going to mean for us here locally. And I try and do a really good job of helping you understand what, uh, what I think is going to happen. And I'm pretty proud to say that I, I haven't really had uh, stats that I have woefully missed. Um, it's been pretty dead on. There, there are a few things that uh, I got wrong. One of which was like interest rates going way down um, after COVID. 
And that was such a weird time too. <laughs> Who would have thought that uh, the market did what it did at uh, at the onset of COVID when everybody was panicked? But anyways, I digress. When we come back, I want to talk about some scams in real estate. I want to help you guys understand some things that um, can cost people a lot of money. So I want you to avoid some of those things. They're fairly common. And I also want to talk a little bit about investment property. and then And then lastly, working with real estate agents in this new market to come. What is it that you're going to need to expect from your agent? How do you hold your agent accountable? All that and more as the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show continues right here on The Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. And remember, if you want to reach out to me, you've got a question about the market, you're thinking of buying or selling a home, and you just want to kind of you know game plan it out, would love the opportunity to earn your business, of course. My number is 843-800-0065, 800 or go to listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. Stick around for more of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. Find Brian Beatty online at listingsincharleston.com. The Brian Beatty Real Estate Show continues next on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA. 1250 WTMA. Now, here's more of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show on The Big Talker, 1250 WTMA. Welcome back, folks, as the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show continues here on The Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. I always like to just take a little bit of time each show and just tell you that I, I really do appreciate those of you that listen to this program. It's been an honor. It's it's my pleasure. I find it fun. I find it therapeutic, frankly, to be on this show and just tell you guys like it is, you know, I don't necessarily have to worry about uh, one individual's uh, you know, feelings or there's, there's not a lot of emotion um, in what I'm saying or how I'm saying it other than to just help you understand that I'm obviously uh, passionate about what I do, but I, I don't like sugarcoating the market, the process. Obviously every person has a different set of goals and circumstances that we need to incorporate into an overall plan. But for the purpose of this show, I I like taking the gloves off and giving you guys the honest truth about what's going on in this market and about the process of working with real estate agents. There's a reason why our industry has not very good things to say about the people that work within it. And I think that in many instances, it's earned. There's a lot more education that can happen in our industry. We can make the barrier to entry a little bit uh, better, right? Harder. But um, there are also plenty of agents out there that do a really fantastic job. And they'll be the ones that survive. They'll, they'll be the ones that weather this upcoming storm. You know, it's, it's not going to be, you know, I always kind of laugh, but you know, you go on YouTube and you sometimes I look for just inspiration on what to talk about on this radio show. You know, I've been doing it for almost a decade. Sometimes you just need... Um, you know, you need to get some some opinions of others and, and maybe that shapes a segment that I do, so on and so forth. But you always see when when markets turn like this, I just I envision in my mind this picture of this guy that's pointing upward to this gigantic tidal wave that has houses riding the crest of the wave about how this market is about to just, you know, totally ruin the country. It's not that bad. It's going to get a little bad here in the, I think next year, maybe even into 2024, 
But I don't think we're looking at a 2008. We're not looking at a crash. We're not looking at a tidal wave of foreclosures. We're just coming back down to reality. I mean, the past few years have been bonkers in our market. It has been very challenging for buyers. It's been a dream for sellers. So we're just uh, we're leveling the scales a little bit. One thing, though, that I think is going to be really challenging for for you as the consumer, and I and I'm, I I say this without any attachment to my interest in earning your business. This is just this is me being extremely honest. There are a lot of agents in this market, in this region, across the country that have been doing this for a year or two or three or four. They're COVID agents, is if we want to call them that. They've only seen the market appreciate at an accelerated rate. So when you're newer as an agent, frankly, it's, it's a little easier to get business from buyers than it is to get business from sellers. Because when you work with a seller, you have to have an actual marketing plan. You should be able to show, hey, these are my results for the other properties that I have represented for the sellers that have hired me. And here, here, here's what I got done. You know, when you can sit down and show somebody, I mean, we've got a, a binder in our office and it's kind of, it's almost like a joke. We don't show it to anybody, but it's just a visual representation of how hard we work. We've got a binder that's like three inches thick of every house we've sold. There's like over 1,200 of them in there. Not like I would plop that thing down on someone's kitchen table and say, here's my resume. But, you know, we've been around. We, we've we sold real estate in every market that's gone up, down, stayed, you know, flat. Uh, and we've been successful in it as, you know, top 1% of agents since 2009. But when agents experience this market shift, there are going to be a lot of them that just frankly exit the industry because the overwhelming population of people are not as motivated to move as they have been in years past. And we know why, right? Interest rates are, you know, more than twice what they were even at the beginning of the year. Affordability is not great. Sellers are now sitting pretty because they're in two to 3% mortgages. And there has to be a really good reason for somebody to move right now. So things are just deflating a little bit. And because of that lack of demand, these agents need to be, and they should always be, let me first add that caveat. You should always have an agent that's doing everything they can do to sell your property or find you a property to purchase. But let's be honest. It's been, aside from the challenges of like dealing with a multiple offer scenario where you and your buyer are competing against eight others, right? Now that that scenario has been removed, um, they're going to have to get back to, all right, well, how can I use my skills, my connections, my marketing prowess, um, the, the resources that I have available to me to create as much exposure and interest and action in my listings as possible? The reality is most agents are going to start, if not have already, are cutting their budgets. They're, they're leaning up, Right. To get the winter is coming. And so they're cutting expenses, they're cutting people, um, and they're going to put it all on their shoulders. They're going to try and figure it out. Um, not a great winning strategy. For us, as a complete flip side to that, this is when we absorb more market share because we we do more, we spend more, we we offer more, and then the results 
you know, hopefully, of course, speak for themselves. Uh, but for us, this is this is when our market share grows because I I know this market, I know how to sell in it. And you have to be investing in your business and yourself and in your ability to promote your client's property. Proactive marketing is so important right now. Actually showing sellers how you're going to go out into the market and find people that might be interested in your property. That if I could leave you with one major thing aside from the obvious of like working with an agent that has experience and preferably an agent that has sold real estate in a market like this. Uh, the big question is, you know, what are you going to do to find buyers for my home other than what's done automatically for you as a result of the property just being in the MLS? That's the question you need to write down and ask the agent that you interview, because it might turn out that your friend or the person you go to church with or the realtor that your, you know, your aunt used, um, that she goes to Pilates with, or w- like whatever, right? you know, wh- wherever you find these 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 agents and whatever that connection is, interview them, sit them down, make them go through their plan, their process, and talk about what things might look like if things don't go perfectly according to plan. What's plan B? What's plan C? How can we get ahead of that? What experience do they have that helps you as a seller avoid those things from happening in the first place? If you'd like to uh, receive a list of questions to ask a real estate agent in a market like this, especially one that's coming up, I'll give you a, a free guide. All you have to do is text the word interview to 843-800-0065. That's 843-800-0065. Text the word interview and I'll send you that list of questions that you should be asking an agent in this new market to make sure that you're making the right decision. Or of course, you can just go to listingsincharleston.com. You can you can check us out there and there's a contact tab where you can leave your contact information, but it's incredibly important that now more than ever you choose the right agent the first time because for any of us that own our own businesses, uh, we understand, and you don't even have to own your own business, but we collectively understand the importance of making the right first hire and the cost associated with making a bad hire. All right. So if I can provide you with some information, some direction, uh, a way of thinking to help you hire the right agent the first time, again, 843-800-0065, text the word interview, and I'll send you those questions. Or you can go to listingsincharleston.com, or you can send me an email, brian at Team. Stick around for the last few minutes of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. Stay tuned for more of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show on 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. 1250 The Big Talker. You're listening to the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show on the Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. Welcome back, folks, to the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show here on the Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. We ran a little long today on some of our segments, so I only have a little bit of time left, but I'll I'll leave you with this. I know a lot of folks um, would like to do something real estate related next year. And now more than ever, it's incredibly important that you work with a real estate agent that is going to 
get you the results that you want the first time around rather than kind of learning the hard way with an agent that might not be as experienced or might not be experienced in a market like the one that we're currently in. So whether it's, you know, you're looking to do something like save commission, we've got plans with, you know, with, with commissions as low as 2.4%. You know, we've got the, the, the full, you know, red carpet, white glove experience. uh, And we can tell you about the differences between the two. We've got a property management company. Uh, we offer a bunch of incentives to buyers as well. Like if you purchase a home through us and you're not happy with it and you need to sell it, uh, we'll, we won't charge any commission when, in your first year of home ownership. We want to be as confident as, as you are in the home that you choose. Uh, so if you'd like to reach out to us and, and go through some of those incentives with us, uh, we'd, be, we'd be happy to do that. We want you guys to win in this market. We want you to experience not just savings, but I want to look at it the other way and I want to help you earn as much money in your real estate transaction as possible. So if that's something we can help you with, my number is 843-800-0065. That's 843-800-0065. Or go to listingsincharleston.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy your weekend. Take care. Join us for another edition of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show next Saturday morning at 9 and Sunday morning at 10. Contact Brian Beatty online at listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. Or call him at 843-400-8009. That's 843-400-8009.